Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Sister Show. My name is Deborah Mills and I don't particularly have anything, like I don't have a specific topic that I want to talk about today, but I just thought I'd like just just talk in general. <laughs> well, if I may just give an update on my healing journey, emotional, mental, uh, physical is a little slower <laughs> with the exercise but yeah my emotional and mental healing journey I'm so glad that I've gotten up to this point and I would say that getting out the things that were buried inside have been so it have been has been so helpful because you know it's is 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 good to get things out and I think it's very is very prevalent in the culture that people just you know tell you to let go of certain things but you need to let it out there's a reason why there is therapy i haven't gone to therapy yet because first of all i don't have the money for that <laughs> but you know what i you know if i if i can help someone in their journey what i would do when what i did do with my healing journey i would just speak out like no one was there when I initially started this healing journey about a year ago, that was when I got out of the friendship with Ida after everything that was that happened and I was angry and I was upset and I was angry at myself in reality. I was angry at her, you know, but I was angry at myself because of the fact that I didn't trust my instincts when it told me what she was. So around that time, you know, you know, that's I, I would say that was when my third eye opened. That's where insight came to me because I was actually looking for answers. I didn't say it, but my heart was looking for it. And in order for me to accept a lot of those, a lot of the truths and heal, there were things that I needed to get out. I wasn't entirely set on healing. That was not my topic, but I just, I, I don't know. I just did what felt good at that point in time. And what felt good was just speaking out, you know? And at that time, um, when I started when I started healing, um, memories of the past that were still very much alive in my head at the time, I, they just kept coming up. So I finally cried about it, and I was just crying out. Like there was no one there, and I would just cry and cry and cry. Just I'll just cry to God. I haven't met anyone since that time. At this point in my life, I haven't met anyone that. To, to speak to my to speak to these blah, blah, blah. I haven't met anyone I haven't spoken to anyone about this like like a therapist excluded I haven't spoken to anyone because I don't I I guess I have to you know slowly work into you know getting into friendships again with other people because right now my trust in other people is not that high because although it's high it is high now it's growing now i i know how to trust my intuition but i i'm kind of questioning the need for friendships i don't know what the need for friendships are but anyway i guess it's, you just need boundaries that's all but you know it's a gradual process but for those who are healing you need to cry things out you need to cry things out or just let it out and that's why on my instagram on my personal instagram I made some videos and I spoke about certain things and spirituality and um, uh, solitude. I did mention solitude. Like you have to to heal, you have to be alone because not no one, not everyone's gonna understand what you're going through. Like something like this. If I like 
I cried to my dad and he gaslit me, saying, forget about it, it's in the past. With my brother still having the same behaviors and my dad expects me to just accept it because my dad wants to, my dad doesn't see me as someone worth protecting and he would actually use me or uh, disrespect me, I would say, just like my brother. It's just that my brother is violent and my dad is just emotional manipulation. Um, But yeah, you know, you need to be alone because not everyone will understand what you're going through. And because you're in a very fragile state, it's not good for you to be hearing things like, you know, you need to let it go, it's in the past, or whatever it is. You know, there's a a variety of ways people can say that. You know, it's not just that. It's not just let it go. You know, it's just like, you know. So, anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, you need to be alone. You know, solitude is important. Because because these some the experiences you had are are unique to you some people they not they, they may not understand but some some people as well in some situations they may not necessarily be trying to do you harm when um they gaslight you when you know when they try to tell you oh it's not that big of a deal or oh, they're not like that blah, blah. they may not necessarily be trying to do you harm but because your mind is in a fragile state you cannot be around them you know I wish I could just shake people up and wake them up. But, you know, people who have also gone through their trauma and have been telling us, you know, people who, you know, we who are still healing. At the, at the state of mind that I was last year, I wouldn't even have got it. So I know that not everyone's going to grasp what I'm saying. But those who know, those who can hear, you know yourselves. You need to be alone. Because... You know, I've in this solitude that I have, I actually really enjoy being alone. I enjoy uh, my own company. I enjoy just being able to hear myself. I enjoy being able to hear my own thoughts. So that's where I'm at right now in this healing journey in August 2020 with this pandemic. But yeah, I just thought I'd share that. And I guess I don't have to keep saying that it's my podcast. <laughs> so sometimes I just I just want sometimes I just want to speak like I'm speaking to someone. I may not necessarily have like a specific topic to talk about, or sometimes I may have certain things to say, but I think I might end up, I might end up repeating myself, or maybe I feel like I don't have enough, or maybe I feel no, I feel like I don't I may not have a lot of things to say, so I may not put it into a podcast so i thought just i'll just make one podcast of a bunch of maybe maybe not random thoughts maybe we'll all come maybe we'll all come together at the end because i don't always listen to it back because i'm not really trying to correct anything i said like i said what i said and i meant it (laughs) but yeah and this healing journey like the triggers that were the things the thought patterns that were triggering me last year even last month are no longer triggering me it's like when you're alone you can hear yourself nowadays there's so many distractions because these memories these traumas they're not easy to face it's not comfortable to face as well but you we have to if we want to be if we want to achieve the the joy and the love and the peace and the happiness that we are all looking for but we've been fooled into thinking we'll find them in things like in a house or in a car if you have a cloud over your head you're still going to take that cloud into the car the cloud the car isn't going to just clear it away but um shit what was i talking about (laughs) um 
Oh crap. Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought and I only listen to it when I only know what I said when I listened to this back. But um yeah, trauma is not that easy to face. It's not but there's in this generation, there's a multitude of distractions that make it easy for us not to face these things. Like people may not be they're not they're not consciously doing this, but I do know that when you are not intentionally still your thoughts when you're not intentionally so your those you know thoughts start to bubble up and bubble up and then they get uncomfortable then you pick up your phone that's how you know some people are addicted to their phone or addicted to food or addicted to sex or addicted to money or whatever it is it's not that those things in themselves are bad is that those people the pain that they they're feeling is that deep that they can't deal with it not that it is good not that it's excusable. We do need to deal with it because if the longer they leave it there, the more it settles and it develops into things like anxiety and depression. And when you have that cloud over your life, you're living in fear and you will make a lot of fear-based choices, not just life decisions, but even with your interactions with people and that will not be good. But I don't think... Um, Oh yeah, I don't. I don't want to get off topic, but um, there's a multitude of distractions that are here in this in this generation. That's why I said if you're not intentionally still, you, to be intentionally still, you have to to be still. I mean, I guess Eckhart Tolle explains that perf- better than me. But to be still, it has to be something you you are actively looking to feel, to be, to be still. You know, but if you're not intentionally still meaning that there are moments whether you know it or not that people do experience calmness maybe their mind quiets down but the mind will rise back up in thoughts again because that's what it does if you if you aren't if you aren't able to i'll say if you aren't aware yeah it will rise but will rise back up and bubble up with thoughts but there's a multitude of distractions these days that make it easy for us to not deal with these with the with our pain like the phone like like drugs and sex and tv all these things they're not bad in themselves i know like when it comes to drugs like people are like people might be like okay i understand like you know what just forget about it <laughs> but yeah there's a multitude of distractions these days that makes it easy for people to not face their fears but as part if you do take the take the choice make the choice to you know heal and you go on a path and you you know you choose to be alone and enjoy your solitude you know and you actively choose to be still okay it's not just being alone that's or separating yourself from such people it's not like a narcissist it's not that's not alone what's going to do the healing you have to make an effort you have to be intentionally still you have to look for ways to achieve that. But at first, it's going to be hard. And being intentionally still is what they call meditation. Because <laughs> it's what they call meditation. But it's not, you know, it's something you have to you have to get yourself, your body, your mind used to doing. Because at first, your mind is going to be springing up with thoughts and everything. But when you continue, when you are continuously and intentionally still, you will become aware of the, you become aware of the thoughts that are 
bubbling around in your mind. You may even start to notice that when a certain thought comes into your mind, that's when you pick up your phone. When a certain memory pops up, that's when you eat or that's when you do pick, I don't know, that's when you watch TV or you go a distraction and you binge watch or you binge eat. You will start to notice these things and it is kind of uncomfortable, but I will, if you do want to heal and you do want to experience the fruits of the spirit, you need to be intentionally still so that you can catch those thoughts and shed light on it. You know, so you can shed light on it and you can deal with it. So what I would suggest to people is when you do take this choice or the chance, the decision to heal, you need to separate yourself from anyone who you know will not help it. I don't need to describe them. You know when you don't feel good around certain people. You know that certain people don't say good things to you. Even if it's family members, you need to separate yourself from them because not even Jesus wants you to deal with them. He said your enemies will be in your own household and that is what i understand now regarding my situation your enemies will be in your own household so your family you need to separate yourself from them if they are the ones that that are causing you pain disrespecting you making you to feel shame and fear you need to separate yourself from them and even if it's friends regardless of who it is you need to separate yourself from them and when you do that do not give them an explanation because you may want to give them an explanation. You will probably want to give them an explanation. The urge will pull you to give an explanation, but that's just your insecurity talking. So know that. But you might want to give an explanation because you might feel bad. But when you think about how they've treated you all these years, as human beings, we know when we hurt people. So there's no excuse of, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe you've even spoken up. When you think about how they've treated you over these years, you think is it really worth an explanation haven't you been trying to haven't you been begging them for justice haven't you been crying out to them for help and they've all they've done all they've done is gaslight you when you think about that i would hope that that would motivate you further to separate yourself without an explanation because if you do happen to give them an explanation they know you so they know exactly what to say to pull on your emotions to get you to stay Maybe they'll guilt trip you. Maybe they're future fake. Maybe they'll they'll remind you of a promise that they've made that they have not fulfilled. And you know deep down they're not going to fulfill. They will remind you of a promise that they've made just to keep you around, just to keep you stuck, just to give you that bread come bread breadcrumb of love and breadcrumb of hope. They will say whatever it takes to keep you. Because You may not know precisely what the narcissistic supply is that they are getting from you. All you know is that you may be drained. All you know is that you may not feel good around them. But you do not not need to give them an explanation because they know you. They know how to pull on your emotional triggers as they have been doing for time. They've disrespected you. It's not all of a sudden going to change now. They may even try to change or pretend to change just to get you to stay. But it's not going to be permanent. Um, so you need to separate yourself separate yourself from them and do not give them an explanation because if you do they will do say whatever it is to keep you stuck and they're not gonna change they may change temporarily but then they'll move back to their old habits and they may even be worse than before because now they i guess the demon within them has realized that you're sort of awake to what they're doing so they're gonna go double go harder in the devaluing and in, in whatever it is that they're doing to keep you down in the, in the comments and the downgrading they're gonna go harder just to keep you just to keep you stuck but you don't owe them an explanation because after that thing happened with ida i didn't trust anyone i was like 
I really thought I needed a sister. I really thought I needed a female figure to hold my hand into confidence because a lot of women will look at me and think that I'm arrogant and proud because I don't let them disrespect me. But they can't, they don't allow themselves to see me beyond their insecurity. So when they see me, most of the time, and it is true, the first thing they see are my hips and my curves and they already have an idea of who I am. Especially when they see me being myself and just talking and smiling. They don't like it. Your haters don't like it when you smile. Not even my mother liked it when I smiled. You know, when I'm smiling in public, she'll start giving me the, the shut shut up look, which was a threat. If I didn't, I'll be punished when we get home. But, um, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to lose my train of thought. Um, yeah, after that thing that happened with Ida, I started evaluating my life. I started looking at everyone in my life because I'm thinking, I thought I needed that bitch, but it turns out I didn't. If I thought things were good with her when they weren't, who else am I in relations with that I'm thinking things are good with that it's not? Like, who else is contributing to my sadness? Who else is loving the state that I'm in right now? And I started looking at every single person in my contact list. These are the, And even the sad, the sad things that all the people I had in my contact list, they were people that I couldn't even call. I couldn't call them to say, hi, let's chat. Because, but they would call me. Anyway. I started looking at my friends and I started looking at, you started with the one that was close to me. I was looking at Brittany. I started evaluating things and I started realizing that, you know, as I was becoming enlightened and I was letting things out and letting light, enlightenment in, I was looking at this and I was realizing that I was just her garbage bag. I, I was that friend that she called because I was always available. You know, she would call me anytime and I would pick up. And I would do that because I was assuming that if I was to do the same thing and I just needed someone to talk to, I could call her. But yet she would call me and dump all her relationship problems on me. And she would come with the same old problems over and over and over again. And I would give this girl advice over and over and over again. And then she, and she would come back to me again. And I would still be given it. But I realized in, that, in, in the newly enlightened state that I was her garbage bag. And I noticed that whenever I was done talking to her, I was always drained. Because I had given so much energy into giving her advice. I had given so much energy into making her feel better about herself. Giving, her, giving this girl relationship problems when, I'm not, when I was not even in a relationship myself. Okay, coaches don't play. I've observed and I see. But she would come to me with very, very stupid problems. Like she texted her boyfriend at 3.30. It's 3.33. He hasn't responded. He's at work. He told her he was going to be at work. This girl is pissed. Why is she pissed? I don't know. But here I am to telling this girl, give him the benefit of the doubt. Give him the benefit of the doubt. He told you he was going to be at work. What is wrong with you? Blah, 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 blah. That's what I've been telling this girl. And yet, I, I, anyway, the point is that after that, when and in that newly enlightened state, I started reevaluating re our friendship. I thought things were good. I thought she was my friend. I thought she would have my back as I would have hers. Because not that I did anything for her in it with the intention of getting it back, but I did it for the sake of I did it out of the love of a friend. So you would expect reciprocity. Okay, it's not like I'm doing it just to get something back. You you there's reciprocity and friendships. But I never got any of that back. She was just taking and taking and taking while pretending that she doesn't while while pretending that she that she doesn't need anyone, you know. We always I spent a lot of money on food when I was in university, but we always went to McDonald's on multiple occasions. And she cannot even deny this. And God is my witness. On multiple occasions. 
we would go to McDonald's and she wouldn't have any money. She claimed she didn't have any money. I didn't check her bank account. Maybe she was lying. She wouldn't have any money. And I would pay for her. And I would do it multiple times along with mine. And on also on other, other occasions because of the, I'm guessing, I don't know what relationship it was she had with her mother. But because I sympathized because of the way I, the relationship I had with my mother, I thought we were on the same page. So she would tell me that she does, she didn't want to ask her mother for money. And I would, my, I had a job at that time. Um, I was a delivery driver at some point and I was, uh, worked in a warehouse. I didn't like those jobs, but it was my hard earned money. And I would share it with this girl because I'm thinking, okay, she doesn't want to ask her mom for money. I don't want her to suffer. Let me buy, let me, let me separate some of my money, like five, six, seven, even 10 pounds. If you go to Lidl and Aldi will go a long way. Okay. (laughs) So I would do it for this girl. And when she, and the thing is, she was aware of what I was doing for her because when she got the, when she finally got a job, she kept, she, this is what I mentioned earlier, future faking. They will give you a promise or something to be done in the future, but they will never fulfill it. She would tell, I didn't ask her to do this, but she would be like, you know, if I get this job, you know, I can, she can finally buy some groceries. And she said she can finally treat me in her words. She said she can finally treat me like, after everything that I've done for her, it never, it never came. It never happened. She would just mention, she mentioned it before she got the job. When she got the job, it it went zilch. We never heard a single thing about it. But when it came to buying a holiday, a holiday, she spent her entire paycheck, which was a very, I guess in a sense it was good, but it's like just to get a holiday. She spent her entire, and let me just say it's a part-time job. It was not playing a lot. She spent her entire paycheck. So not that I was expecting her to put it on me, but in the sense that she even sacrificed herself. Like she didn't think about how she was gonna live for the next month just to get a holiday. So after all of that promises about treating me just went out the window. But then, you know, as I was enlightened, I realized that I was just a dumping ground for her problems. Sometimes she would call me, we would talk for about 20 minutes then after that, we'll just hear each other breathe. We'll, she will FaceTime me. This is one thing that irritated me. She will FaceTime me and then pause me and then go on Instagram. And it wasn't just her that did it. It was this other friend I had called um, Flora. They would call me and because I was always available, I was their background noise. They would, they would both FaceTime me and then they would immediately pause me and then go, go and do something else and be talking to me in the background. So I'm like, why don't you just call me on a regular call? It's like, it's, it's like they just need someone there. And I'm that person that was always there. And I'm, I will actually keep the phone on FaceTime thinking, can you please come back? And they, can, they cannot deny this. And like I said again, God is my witness. They cannot deny this. I will always say, can you come back to FaceTime or something? Or, you know, some, and I will ask her, why, are you on, why would you call me and be on Instagram? Well, I will, am I just background noise to you? Flora would just laugh. Flora liked the fact that I was always begging her to stay. She loved the fact that I was always begging her to, to come visit me. She loved the fact that I begged her. Not beg like, please, 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 but beg as in, oh, come see me. Like, why are you, I haven't seen you in a long time. She liked that. But she knew she, she knew it was never going to happen. You know, these were people that I considered my friends. I met them through Ida. So I guess that shouldn't have been a reliable source in the first place, but 
you know, to realize that this is the kind of person that they were, it was, you know, is is very sad. And chances are they're not going to agree with anything I say, but they cannot deny it. I haven't told a lie here. But when I started, you know, healing and I started becoming enlightened, these are the things that I started noticing. I started noticing it. Although in the moment when they were happening, I didn't really like it because when you FaceTime me, I'm expecting to see your face and expecting us to talk. But after that, I realized, okay, I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm just uh, a background noise for this girl. So whenever Brittany would call me and I would be like, and whenever she would call me and um, after about a while, it was just silence. I'm like, okay, so um, yeah, I need to go. And I would just end it there. I just started cutting off, cutting it off because there was no, there's no reason. She would call me on her way to work just to have someone there. That's how little they regarded me, just to have someone there, you know, just to have someone there. You know, it's so disrespectful and it's very shameful because I considered them friends and not as I don't, I can't think of any single thing that they have done for me back as friends out of the love that they claimed. They love to say how much they, they love to say it, but they never proved it when it was well in their power to do so. But when I started healing, these were the things that I started noticing. I was given my energy and I was drained after talking to them. I, you know, I just started, I started cutting off. I was like, okay, you know what? Everyone is cut off. I had friends in, in university, but they weren't friends. They were, I don't even, I don't even think they saw me as friends. They, I was just that person. I don't know. Maybe I was just a, I don't know. But when I started healing, I started noticing all these patterns. And I started distancing myself from them and I didn't give them an explanation. I just cut them off. I started distancing myself from them slowly, slowly. And then I just cut them off, you know? And I don't, I don't regret it because I have so much peace now and I see them for who they really are. I wouldn't say they're bad people because I did see their personality and I saw their good side. But they also have their trauma that they are dealing with that I was trying to help them with. But then they weren't willing to change. They were not willing. Like both of them, their trauma came from their families, but yet they run right back to them. They are aware of the frustrations that they encounter. So it's not like I'm pointing something out to them that they can't see. They know what's going on. They know the, what they've gone through. And there I was being a friend, helping them. And yet they will run right back to their family. So they're not, they're not really prepared to do anything. But these are the things I started noticing. So, yeah, when you start to heal, these are the things I hope you also start to notice. But when you do start to notice these things, do not go to somebody else for validation. For the sake of your, your fragile state of being... Do not go to another person for validation. Do not ask another person if this, what you're seeing is what you're seeing. Because they may not see it because maybe they're not paying attention. Maybe it doesn't happen to them or maybe they don't understand for whatever reason. But you cannot go, you know, you, you know, not, not trusting your intuition is what brought you to this, is what brought you to this moment in time. So imagine how, so obviously trusting your intuition is the way forward so you don't need anyone's validation you know how you feel you know how you feel but when you do separate yourself just know now that it will at times get lonely because you're so used to having people drain energy from you being around just draining your energy that it may feel lonely and you may start to think that um maybe i made a mistake Maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I do need to let things go. You might start to think, but just know that it's a part of the process. 
at least now that I'm telling you, you have it in mind. Just have it in mind because in a moment, it may, you may, may, you may not even remember my words. But I would say the big instrument in my healing journey is the truth. The truth being the Bible, Bibeli. And I understand that religion and Christianity, people have, because of the culture, especially in the African culture, is to, when I was younger, I just saw it as a bunch of rules. You know, I didn't understand it. And also, I didn't have a version of the Bible that I understood, like the King James Version. The King James Version, I don't understand. They'll be using those, thou, dos, who art thou, blah, blah, blah. Shakespeare English and Englishes. <laughs> and it didn't make sense to me. But anyway, um, when I started reading the Bible, I started, you know, taking in the truth and I started, I started taking in the truth and I started believing it and I started receiving it and I started, I started noticing some of the things that have happened to me. I started seeing the reason why, like, not that it made it good. I mean, the point is that the Bible, the Bible is the truth. It's the truth of the gospel. And the Bible is not just a bunch of rules about what you should and shouldn't do you know the bible does say do not kill do not steal but if you do read the bible you will understand that the ultimate purpose of the bible is to teach us how to love other people because that's what god wants us to do he wants us to love each other not be not be wicked towards each other not sabotage each other not give each other side eye he wants us to love each other show compassion but remember he also said love your neighbor as you love yourself and the truth can the truth the scriptures cannot be broken the truth will not change that's why you see people who hate themselves stay dish out that same hate towards other people because you cannot do anything against the truth so in order to love other people you have to love yourself it's it is necessary but you know we can't just i can't just simply tell you what self-love is it's something you have to grow into and experience you know i can do my best but I don't want people to, people I don't want people to think it's like some people may think self-love is like getting your hair done your nails done looking good everything external is good that's a byproduct the real self-love comes from within when like me at this stage I'm still able to talk about these things and just let it out rather than suppress the truth as I had done for so long which wasn't to my benefit rather than suppress the truth and suffer so the bible is teaching us how to love and you have to and so when it says do not kill do not steal do not covet you know do do everything that is in the ten commandments it's teaching us love how do you love you don't kill someone how do you love you don't steal from them how do you love you don't you know the rest of the commandments (laughs) you know that's how you love you love we that's how we love we love by not doing all those things but it's not just simply not doing those things that shows that you're a good Christian. You need to read the Bible to understand the things that I'm saying, you know. But that's just know that Christianity and the gospel is not about, tr- it's not just about rules. It's not just about do this and do that. It's not just about that. And everything in, everything in there is for your benefit. Because God is living in eternity. God owns he created the heaven and earth in seven days he's living in paradise we are here on earth at at the set time jesus will come back and take us all to heaven and if you are incapable of loving you do not have the holy spirit within you you will not be you will not be amongst those people 
That's what we say when we say Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to, we know there's a lot of evil and there's a lot of wickedness in this world. And when, if you remain steadfast and unmovable and you don't succumb to the wicked ways of this generation and this world, when we die, when, no, 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 when our, when we die, just know what, what I thought I would just mention is death is not the end. Death what we know as death is just our spirits because we are spirits we are spirit beings our spirit is just leaving this body but it's not the end we're gonna live forever if you choose to believe okay we're gonna live forever and we're gonna rest in peace when that happens so death of this body this physical body is not the end but anyway so christianity is not about rules it's about teaching us how to love how to just love i just say full how to love full stop how to love other people and to love other people you must love yourself if you cannot love yourself because of the trauma that you have gone through that's your starting point so read the bible get the version of a bible that you understand and read it read it day by day bit by bit you will start to notice even that your spirit knows it some things you may read and you feel like i already you feel you have a knowing feeling like you already you already knew it you already knew that but you didn't know that if that makes sense (laughs) i guess you experience that feeling when you do read the bible but you know when you start to read the bible some things will feel like i already knew that i feel like i already knew. that's because your spirit already knew that your mind just needs to get with the program so um yeah but remember it's a journey you can't give yourself a deadline you need to just keep filling up just the way you feed your body every day you need to feed your spirit every day because those who don't deal with their trauma and their fear it grows and grows and grows because that's what they are feeding every day they are feeding it through their thought patterns they are feeding it through the way they behave towards others and the way they they harness bitter and evil wicked thoughts and energy towards other people that's the what they feed so you need to feed your spirit and the way to do that is by reading the bible so when you do that and also well there's only so much i can say before i end up repeating myself but yeah you need to read the bible so you can get an understanding of the truth and yeah i think that's i think that's all i have to say i think anything after this i might just be repeating myself but yeah that's that's all i have to say (laughs) so be be gentle with yourself you need to love yourself and if you don't feel like you love yourself that's something this is a journey you need to go on on your own you cannot get it from other people no one can love you on your behalf you have to love yourself first and it's a journey you cannot put a deadline do not be compassionate um sorry that came out wrong two different sentences be compassionate with yourself do not give yourself a deadline do not be hard on yourself do not pressure yourself you know do not pressure yourself do not do not think to yourself i have to be over the i have to be over this by a certain date or oh, i should be over this no, no 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 as long as there's something that's bothering you you need to deal with it and it matters if you can go to therapy get therapy i haven't gone to therapy i may still go to therapy you know but anyway yeah remember that so that's all i have to say on this on the topic of healing and self-love 
I hope you take these words to heart and I do hope you read the Bible because that's where the truth, the real truth is. Everything I'm saying is just a, it's just a, a, a little remnant of it. So please do. And remember that Jesus loves you. There is nothing you can do that can make him love you any less. When you make mistakes, he has already forgiven you. So don't be so hard on yourself. All right, I'm done here. (laughs) Bye-bye.